You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. I'm back, back in the New York room. Brian. What? <laughs> what, is, what do you want? What is it? Welcome to the funeral, Brian. <laughs> Here we are. There's a great band of horses song that's like, we're headed to the funeral. We should, have, we should play that we instead should. of the usual opening. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, there's really no need to play that opening. I mean... Although I guess we are. We're back in the New York groove. What has become the New York groove? I know that no no one in the Giants wants to admit that. But what we are currently in is the New York groove. Right. This is us. Right. (laughs) This is who we are. Yeah. We, I mean, here's the thing is we have stability. Right. We do. Very stable. Very stable, you know. We have continuity. All of, we have lots of the the right itties. <laughs> <laughs> continuity, stability, visibility, all the itties. <laughs> we have lots of itties. <laughs> so I mean, the season ended yesterday. It just ended. Right. I mean, the season ended before it began. Like, yeah. let's face it. Right. Um, and we're not talking about the Giants for 60 minutes. Let's get that out of the way right now. <laughs> yeah, right. I agree. I can't, I can't do it. Nobody wants to listen to it. There's nothing to discuss for 60 minutes. Um, but yeah, it was bad. It's <laughs> it's not even bad. Like It's so much worse than bad. It's so... The rot is so deep. And it's on... And this is what... We, I think this is where we're going to start, I guess, is the problem is, Brian, there's nothing we can do about it. Right. And I think where you and I have kind of come to, we're both in agreement, is like, it's silly now to talk about like individuals, you know, like right. Joe Judge. and Although we should talk about Joe Judge. We will talk about like, Joe Judge. It's truly sad, kind of like, I feel so stupid um, <laughs> for like letting myself like... Every, this whole time with Joe Judge, all of we should our eyes should have been rolling into the back of our heads for months, you know, just like every time he talks. And to just like I found myself buying into this guy, you know, wanting to believe. Um, but I do think ultimately it, it is it's it's just an organizational problem. Like they're just um you know, it's not really right to talk about Daniel Jones or Saquon or like these individual people because it's a collective problem. (laughs) Yeah. And it's an organizational problem. And yeah, I don't really know what the fix is. Well, credit where credit is due. I mean, you're saying you feel stupid for buying into Joe judge, but you were, you were right all along. I mean, you know, you feel that way. I am, I am Joe judges, ignorant slut. Right, right. You know, I that's me. I bought into him and I should have known better. I, you know, I felt some suspicion when that video and those pictures came out of him getting the ball in the mud. Yes, yes, you know, right. It, me, that was a tingling. That was a <laughs> bad a sign. Wait a minute. But, you know, I guess the part that I really bought into was that the guys played hard for him because I didn't yeah. think we were good last year. And we did 
play above expectations last year. And that sort of was the nugget of hope that I held on to. But truly, that's the worst thing Joe Judge could have ever done for us. It is the worst thing. He did it to us. Right. You know? Um, And I don't even know anymore to what degree he's responsible for it. And I don't even care. As a matter of fact, and I I said I was going to do this rant today, but like we have to, we have to root against the Giants, Brian. If you love the Giants, you're going to root against them for the rest of the season. You're going to root for whoever they're playing this year. And I know you don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Right. But we have to. But what does that get you? I just don't think like it's not going to work that way. Like they go two and 15. And so then they, you know, that there's this uh, full scale, you know what I mean? I don't know. Like it's still the same people are going to make the same decisions. It just means we have to sit through two and 15. Like I'm still going to sit there on Sunday afternoon and hope that Daniel Jones picks it up and turns it around and Saquon gets going and that the defense figures something out and, and we figure something out, we pull something together, and then by the end of the year, like, it doesn't mean that, like, you know, it doesn't mean that the Giants are right about anything or that Dave Gettleman is vindicated, but I'd still rather that. I'm still going to be rooting for that to be the thing that happens. But I have no expectation that that's going to happen. I get what you're saying, and I feel the same way. Here's where I'm saying, I don't think that being that bad is going to necessarily lead to the fix. But I also very pessimistically see this as a totally unfixable situation. Yeah, I do too. And we'll get to that in a second. But what I don't want is for John Mara and his stupid face to stand there and tell me that we've moved in the right direction or that we've made like whatever he's going to say at the end of the year, he's going to say, and I have, no optimism that he is going to be ready to make the kind of changes necessary to actually right the ship. But I don't want, I just, what I can't live through is another season like this, where at the end of the year, I am told that we made progress when by every single measure we have not. And what I am worried about is that if it does turn out that I was a little bit right about Joe judge and he can get them to play hard and we can pull a couple of upsets and we can get to like, six wins which i don't even think is likely or possible to be honest with you but if we can just get there and john merrick can somehow try and tell us that well we didn't win less games than we won last year even though we had more games and continuity and stability and all that other stuff i I just want those excuses removed from the equation whatever it is like i think if at least if we're awful like historically awful this year, whatever line of bullshit he tries to feed us at the end of the season, it won't be that like, tell me something different or at least just tell me, yeah, you know, we suck, but Dave's kind of my buddy and I like golfing with Daniel and you know, my life's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't disagree with you. I just can't go there. I can't join you in that project, but I don't disagree or think you're wrong necessarily, but like, I don't know. I mean, I agree with you. I I don't think though that there's any path for them to even get to that place of where they're making excuses for themselves and telling them. like, I don't think that even does exist now. Like six wins, isn't going to cut it. Like, you, you know, there's an extra game now, like a six and 11 giants team 
isn't isn't bringing Dave Gettleman back and telling you, oh, we we played hard. You know, like it might say it could save Joe Judge. I think that's possible. And and it could. And what suck? What's awful about John Mara is like the things he cares about make sense. It's just, he's got it backwards. You know, it's like, sure. It would be wonderful if Dave Gettleman had done a good job rebuilding this team and you could turn it over to an in-house successor who has been in the building because you're on the right track. Like, sure. That's the goal. Of course, that's what everybody wants. It didn't happen. So you don't get to do it. Like it's, that's not the goal in and of itself. Like it's the, it's the, you know the positive result of the the goal being accomplished it's so he has it exactly backwards first you have to get the winning formula right so like what is going to convince him that you yeah like the next giants general manager has to have no connection to anybody in the current building like it should be a totally new voice face somebody who's going to tell john mara like things he doesn't want to hear like it has to come from outside. It has to be a new regime, totally. Like, who doesn't, who's not going to, and they don't have to listen to anything that the Giants, the current org says. Like, you know, like anything they want to do, should it should be a new person who's going to be like, look, we need to do things a new way. Like, and, not and only I think that, that it's the only way it probably happens is if we, if we bought them out, but I'm not confident that that's, going to happen anyway so i'd rather not sit through two and 15 but i hear what you're saying well i was going to ask you that so you 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 don't think two and 15 would get them to sort of shake up the way that they do business or like you know look outside the organization not promote from within like is there a, a threshold that that happens or it's just even if gettleman goes they'll just uh elevate what's his name I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you're, you're. I think you're right. It's probably the best hope. But like, I'd still rather suffer through even bad guys, if we're at least, <laughs> it's not such a hellish situation. So I'm still gonna like root for it to be as good as it can be. But I mean, I I don't disagree with what you're saying. Like, we're it's it's pretty hard to figure out. Like, I can think of things that, and we can get into that too. Like that the Giants could do or should do from where they're going to be at. But you're just like, they're not going to do them, you know? So it, it does feel like banging your head against the wall. Yeah, because it's not even it's not even just about hiring, firing Gettleman, getting a new GM. And it's also not even just about bringing in a GM from outside the organization. The Giants need to modernize. Like, yeah. the, what you need to do is, who is the best human that's alive to run the team and then you hire that person and then everything else extends from that so they have to get over this idea of like we're gonna hire the gm and then they're gonna figure out the head coach and then there's going to be a hierarchy and then that this is the chain of command because it really doesn't work like that anywhere i mean they're failing at it but at least jacksonville you know they hire urban meyer and he has a lot of say in personnel and I think that that's not working out for them, but they did it the right way, or at least they took the right approach. They have to just start over clean without caveats to every every time they've tried to do this. There's something they're they're forcing on the person who's coming in, and it and, and it's so it's 
you know, Tom Coughlin is forced to hire Ben McAdoo. Then Ben McAdoo, they wanted him to be the head coach. He gets the job, but he has to keep Eli because we want one more run with Eli. And then Gettleman comes in, but he also has the, the goal there is one more run with Eli. And, you know, again, many of these things are well intentioned, but they're just, you're doomed for failure that way. Like, you can want Eli, but like the person you hire has to be able to be empowered to make that call. Like Joe Judge comes in, he has to bring on Jason Garrett. Like the next person is probably going to, we really like Daniel, you know, like, right. you know, and, and, and on and on and on we go. Like at some point, they got to find a really smart, put good person and turn this thing over to them without their bullshit being. <laughs> foisted on this whoever this is you know like look we want you we need we know we need to be fixed we're broken we don't know what we're doing that's clear you come in tell us everything you get to pick the coach if you don't like joe get rid of joe you don't like jones get rid of jones you don't like saquon dump saquon like that is what needs to happen is john mara like brian you have a college degree so you took intro to psych at some point What's John Mara's problem? Is he lazy? Is he overly loyal? Is he the trust fund kid who doesn't understand? Like, what's the problem? <laughs> what? I don't what think he's doing? lazy. I do think he's overly sentimental, you know, and and he's clinging to a thing. He's trying to rebuild something that was wonderful, that's gone and not coming back. And, and, and like, it's not... You know, I mean, the other part that is frustrating, though, is like the Giants, if the Giants were trying to build the 2007 to 2011 Giants, like they're doing a terrible job. You know what I mean? It's like, where's OC? Where's Justin Tuck? Where is Kareem McKenzie? We did have a little technical difficulty, but I think we're back. And Brian's point is totally valid. Right. Even... Even the goal that they were trying to hit is a total failure. They failed at everything. They failed at what they were supposed to do, and they failed at what they were trying to do, which are two different things, but they failed at both. Right. They're failures. (laughs) Big F. F minus. Yeah. This team, just all, I mean, honestly, all of it. I, I just can't stand anybody anymore. Saquon. I don't like Saquon. I'm sorry. I had a And it, like we said, it's there's no point. Okay, I guess let's first have the discussion just about, like, I don't, it, it doesn't matter, right? Like, it doesn't even matter, honestly, if Daniel Jones is good. I'd like him, I mean, whatever. I'd like any of our guys to have some value, but it just doesn't matter. Because what is Daniel Jones realistically? You know, he's still not a guy that's going to do, he can't do what Aaron Rodgers did last night. He can't be, where it's like the team around him can even be mediocre and we're just penciled in for the playoffs year to year. That's not going to happen. You know, maybe some of the things we saw Kirk Cousins do yesterday, I, there's been a lot of Ryan Tannehill comparisons. Like that's certainly on the table, but it doesn't matter because it doesn't appear that the Giants are going to be willing to put together the kind of organization that can support having a quarterback like that. I agree. I mean, I think I think Daniel Jones, though, if, like to be fair, is I think Daniel Jones is good. Like, I, I think you can worry. Like, the idea that he's bad is I, I I don't think it's fair. Like, he's good. He's a good player. But I agree with you. He's not. He's never going to be like 
I mean, I don't know what his ceiling is, but it'd be really, it's really unlikely that he's going to be like a top five quarterback in the NFL at any point. So where, when you are where the Giants are, it's just like, why not swing for the fences and try to find Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson or one of those guys? Like, you're not good enough to be like, to to marry Daniel Jones. Like, there's really no point. You know, like you're you're coming up in this period where like you're gonna have to pay Daniel Jones a lot of money because he's good, and you know. It's just, there's no, I don't know. It's like, why not? I think they're at a place where it's like, let's see if we can find a star. Um, Because I don't think he's that. I don't think he's ever going to be that. And I like, I really do like him. I think he's, I think he's good. Like, um, and, you know, it's why I've kind of soured on Judge a little bit. Because again, like this team is not talented, but we should not be 0-3 right now. Like we should be 2-1 for God's sakes. Like, again, our quarterback is good and playing well. And we can't score. And our defense is not overly talented, but it's not bad. And, like, I really feel like Joe Judge has cost us the last two games with, like, he's just overly conservative. Um, his mentality is all wrong. And he's not he doesn't add anything. When you then consider that he doesn't bring any, like, real schematic advantage, um, and the whole premise of him is this, like, kind of cultural stamp he's going to bring you know i thought like managing the game and all that he was going to be excellent at and he's he has he's no terrible he has no feel for it at all no he's really hurt us like yeah <laughs> i mean so, multiple times in that game he hurt us so this is now too this is the second week in a row where a team has been at or near our goal line they've come out we've seen the offense line up we call timeout because now we kind of like have seen their cards a little bit and then on the very next play after the timeout, the team scores a touchdown. Right. <laughs> That's been two weeks in a row. Right. And then to add on, we added on another play this week where it was third and long. It was a pretty critical point in the game. I think we were up at this point. We have a chance to stop them on third and long. And again, they come out. They line up on offense. We call timeout so we can get set up. They convert the third down. And that was, I think... The first of the two timeouts that they used in the first uh, five minutes of the fourth quarter in a one-score game. Because we're not going to need timeouts at the end of this game. This is just like, use them anytime we want. His challenge yesterday was pointless. He's never won a challenge. He's only challenged. Is it surprising you to know that he's only thrown the challenge flag twice in two years? Yeah, right. It does surprise me a little bit. But yeah, yeah I mean, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then his his whole act is just wearing so thin. You know, at the end of the press conference, he's like, you know, he, he's leaving the podium and he kind of turns to the media like, we're going to be all right, okay? We're going to be all right. With this, like, I got this. Right. And it's like, I would I would love to feel like you did, Joe. But, like, you're 0-3. You're staring at 0-10. Like, Joe, have you seen the yeah. schedule? Have you seen right. the schedule? You just lost to... Terrible Atlanta Falcons team at home on Eli Manning Day. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Matt Ryan looked awful, you know, and you know the Falcons got to be thinking, you know, I they were in that tough situation that we were in a little bit of, you know, Matt Ryan can still play and like maybe we try to just and then like no, no he can't. Right, (laughs) and didn't he? Didn't he actually? He was reminding me so much of the, the last couple Eli years where there was just enough there and he's still smart 
and you can sort of be like, God, you know, you didn't have anything around him, and you can you could see how they're telling themselves, like, no, we just need to put the right pieces, and it's like, no, he's gone. No, he's it's gone. over. He's <laughs> it's over. He doesn't. Yeah. He's and it happens so fast, you know. And then you're just like, so I, I did feel for them, but like to lose to that team, it's just, you know. Yeah, like I would say, say, at best, we have the opportunity to win maybe four games. Maybe. I mean, our schedule gets so outrageous. That, I mean, I you're, we're staring at 0-10 right in the no, face. No, I would say we'd just pencil in 0-10. We're right. 0-10 right now. We're currently 0-10. 0-10. Yeah, no, it's we're already 0-10. Brutal. We, and then after we're already 0-10, <laughs> Miami, Chicago, and then one Washington game is left. May Those are all maybes. And I think tonight we'll have a little bit better of an idea of what the Eagles are. And like yeah. maybe we could steal one of those. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if, you, if the Giants start 0-10, I start wor- you would start worrying about people's safety. Like, <laughs> like I mean, you know, like like batteries getting thrown at the game. Like right. it could get ugly here. Like this is this was the year the Giants, you know, they came in with expectations. They were puffing out their chests, you know, like and how could you be so wrong? Like, it's not even that difficult to see how bad this team was. It really yeah, isn't. Yeah. Like, you do this professionally, and 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 they didn't know that it could go this way. I feel like this is not a super unlikely outcome here. I agree. I think, though, what's, what's really so disappointing about Judge is, like, I think when you looked at last year's team, it wasn't super talented either. But at least on one side of the ball, we sort of overperformed our talent, yeah. which was the defense. And so you thought, like, with the additions we made, um, you know, maybe... And again, if we could just overperform our talent... Like, I think we're, like... I, again, I don't think we're, we should be 0-3 right now. So, like... Right. You, then you're, like, okay, we're, like, a six-win team from a talent perspective. If Joe Judge is a good coach, maybe he gets us to eight or nine wins. And then, okay, this was an okay, fun season. We're building something. So for him to come out here and, and start 0-3... And and providing no advantage, you know. And now None. our talent's a six and ten team, and we lost. We've already lost two of those games of those six, so now we're a three four win team, and that's where it's really damning for him. He's a phony. Yeah, he's he's, he's brought nothing. Yeah, I mean, when you think we're zero three against the three winnable games on our schedule, right. with Andrew Thomas emerging as the best player probably on the team and Daniel Jones taking a big step forward, playing much better. And we still can't score. We still, our defense is nothing. Leonard Williams, by the way, we could get into that, but <laughs> God, what a jerk just played well enough last year to sucker us into like a hundred million dollar contract. And right. It has completely disappeared. <laughs> and just to like him, to, you know, right. I just started to like him, and, and there he goes. And like, he is kind of the only guy on the line, but he's not the guy who's making that much money. He's not changing the game. And everyone can stop with the Aaron Donald stat comparison because oh it's yeah. just get out of our faces. He's not Aaron Donald. But yeah. I just – I'm so upset that I, I, I thought just flew out of my head. Yeah, just, I mean, oh, look. Can, can you give me can – I, can I just take one minute on Jason Garrett? I know it's – what's the right. point? Kicking a dead horse. Can I just get one? Well, actually, it's not even Jason Garrett. But so I shared two YouTube videos with you this week. One on Daniel Jones sort of and Jason Garrett together. And one on Saquon. Both, I thought, uh, 
were excellently done. Um, and so these videos are, did you, you watch them? I watched a little of them. I didn't watch all of them. They're damning. They're very difficult to watch. They're very difficult to watch. Uh, one of the the one on Daniel Jones and Jason Garrett is brought to us by um, Kurt Warner, uh, and you know at times it's definitely Jason Garrett. Obviously, it's just like his play designs are so. It's like honestly, it go. It's instead of having your inside receiver run straight down the field up the seam, have him cross the field and it should bring coverage to open things up so much more for the receivers and for Daniel Jones. And he runs the play like four times in the same game and, and there's just no change to it whatsoever. And it's totally and completely <laughs> covered. And then there's other plays where, and I, I don't know how much to put this on Jones, but like there are first downs available there. A guy is open to throw for a first down and he's forcing it somewhere else. And it's not clear why. And so it's like, you can't have Jason Garrett designing a shit offense with a quarterback who is not legendary. And if you're Daniel Jones, if someone's ever open on a stupid Jason Garrett play, you have to know who that is and hit them. (laughs) So I, you know, I don't really know what to make of that there. And Saquon one was really bad too. I, I feel like the Saquon one was even more alarming. What I took away from that was his entire life, he has been head and shoulders above everyone as the best athlete possible. And even in the NFL, he is still a freak, but he's not as much better as everyone else that he needs to be to kind of play with the style that he's played with his entire life. And he doesn't kind of make the reads an NFL running back has to make, and he's constantly trying to bounce it. And he basically thinks he can score a touchdown on any play. And that's a difficult thing because I do think that that's part of what makes him special. That's part of his talent. Yeah. And, and it's hard to take that out of somebody. But at the same time, it's just like, it can't just be touchdown or loss of three. Yeah, yeah. Those can't be our only options. And, you know, the fact that neither of those guys has developed, <laughs> I guess, strengthens the... Uh, the argument for the need for stability. But again, it's like, we've been stable. We've been stable. Our terribleness has been very stable for a very long time now. And it's infuriating that we can't just get this right. Um, But I've, you know, after watching those things, it's just hard to see where we go from here. Because I think the answer is nowhere. It's hard to accept that, like, not only was the Saquon decision a bad one, just from like a you know what strategic perspective of football in 2020, and you know taking a running back that high, but the fact that he also turned out to like not be any good is just like such an added. You know, it was like at least that rookie year he was super exciting, and it was like, well, boy, you shouldn't take a running back at number two, but like, wow, what a player, you know, and then like to watch it then the second year you know oh well he wasn't as good but he had the ankle injury and so like you know and then i mean i still think it's a little like uh, again that's why i do feel like talking about an individual player like you know he's coming back from a torn acl like it deserves a little time no anybody else who didn't have the baggage that he would or it wasn't on a team that was in this dire straits you might be willing to give them a, a little more time to come back from an injury like that but on the other hand, 
you know, yeah, it's not, it's not, I, I'm not super excited about having Saquon Barkley on this team, you know, like it doesn't, I don't look forward to watching him play. Um, I'll be honest. He lost me forever with the quote that I saw. I don't know where it was, maybe in the New York post where he said that the fans were being unfair to Mr. Mara. Right. False. Right. I know. Right. Like I get you stay out of it. Saquon. Right. right. <laughs> this is between us and Mr. Mara. Yeah, you don't have to kill the guy. I know he right. signs your paycheck. You don't have to kill the guy, yeah. but you didn't have to defend him. And the fact that you did defend yeah. him shows me what side you're really on. Yeah. And yeah. you are not on my side, pal. Right. Stay out of it, Saquon. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Mind your business. <laughs> this is between me and Johnny Mara. <laughs> but I've had it with him. I've had it with this team. I've had it with the coach. I've had it with everybody. Fire everyone. Yeah. Fire everyone. Trade start everyone. over. I mean, that's why the only guy where I like I would like to see Daniel Jones keep playing well so that he becomes an asset and we could potentially like maybe we could get a second or first round pick for him. You know, maybe a team like the Steelers, you know, is that, who, who would be interested in a right. move like that or somebody like that where he's played well enough that somebody who's a, who feels like they've got a good ecosystem would want him. And then now we have, let's say we have three first round picks next year and a new GM and maybe a new coach. Although, you know, look, maybe if they... But, you know, get yeah, new coach. New coach, too. You know what? New coach, too, I'm Scott. with you. It's you're everything. Right. It's a... I'm and they got to do it. Like, they're going to... People are going to say, like, oh, you're starting over again. No. We're, we never started over. It, right. They need a total... Lay a new foundation. And, and got to get out of this thing where they are constantly putting some caveat on whoever the new guy is no bring someone in with a vision and let them execute it and don't put any constraints none yep yeah you're you're totally right you know what's infuriating is that my first thought when you said maybe we'll trade him to the Steelers was oh okay we may actually do that because the Roonies and the Maras and that's just a thing that's in John Mara's comfort zone and so he'll actually do that but that's unfortunate that that's the line of thinking you have to have in how do we fix the giants it's like well what is john mara willing to do because what he's willing to do is incredibly limited i know because it's just on the other hand i'm like i I say that like the thought i mean i can't even conceive of a situation in which they do that like i mean i you you can almost picture john mara like weeping as they make that type of trade you know they love this kid and look he's a nice guy i get it but like maybe this maybe this business isn't for you if like you can't part with these people you're attached to like i get it it's hard you you do you know you like people uh you get attached to them that's great it's a good quality but you know not in professional sports necessarily yeah well it's also i mean the emotions of so many people hang in the balance every sunday this isn't about daniel jones or you john mara this is about all of us what are we supposed to do how do i get up in the morning on a monday for god's sake (laughs) how do i justify my sundays to my family i just you know get out of here it's so brutal, you know. That's they're just so boring to watch. They're awful. You know, they're they're so unpleasant to just as a viewing experience. Like it, it, it's so uh, 
just it's nothing exciting, you know? No. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> oh god. Well, you know, it just shouldn't be this bad either though. I mean, not that they're talented, but geez Louise, like got a few pieces there you couldn't you can't you just put a more ex- interesting product on the field like you know you got Kadarius tony's an athlete here's kenny galladay over there like i mean not to evan ingram get into that whole <laughs> kettle of fish but this is a fast guy he's got something you know like there's saquon there it's like how is this how do we have all of these things that seemingly you know, I mean, it's like a movie, I guess, when you, you know, there's movies come out and it's got Will Ferrell in it and this guy and that, and somehow it's a piece of trash, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, I just look at it more like, and again, I think a lot of the issues are with the offense, not to let the defense off the hook, but I think that like getting Saquon, Kadarius, Tony, Kenny Galladay and a mobile quarterback for a Jason Garrett run offense is like if all the best materials in the world were purchased so that you and I could build a house. Like that's yeah. going to be a terrible right. house. That's right. not going to even be built. It doesn't matter the quality right. of the materials. We right, can't do right. that. So who cares? Right. It's awful. Yeah. I didn't, you know, they didn't show any of the Eli stuff really. Did no, they? not really. Yeah. They had him throw I mean, a pass. I haven't even heard, I haven't heard his speech or anything. Me either. They haven't throw a pass to David Tyree. And then he caught it and put it on his helmet. Right. That was nice. So they didn't even do that right. You know, right. like, shouldn't it have been a primetime game so that then they probably would show it at halftime? And how did that get, like, how was it not broadcast? <laughs> Why did they even do it this year? Yeah. Well, because this year was the uh, return to greatness year. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Who would have seen this coming? <laughs> This was the make the Giants great again. Right? <laughs> uh, well, I can't do this anymore. I can't talk about the Giants anymore. I can't. I mean, there's nothing to yeah, say, Scott. Suck. What are we going to do? We're, I mean, we're, we're going to look at 0 and 10 in the face, yeah. and it's going to be fun. Right. So you went to Notre Dame, Wisconsin this weekend. Let's talk a little college ball. I did. At Soldier, Soldier Field. Soldier Field. So is Soldier Field as annoying to watch a game in person as it displays on TV? No, it's actually quite nice from inside the stands. Um, it's small, so there's really not a lot of bad seats, um, and they're they're right on the field, so you're kind of pushed ahead, so you don't feel like all the way back. Um, and it's in a nice spot of town. I mean, it's cool. It's definitely not like really well designed from like getting in and out perspective. Like, you know, there's a lot of jams in the concourses and that kind of thing. Not really what you want in COVID times. But yeah, no, absolutely. But it was still cool. Um, you know, it's better than going to MetLife Stadium. I'll tell you that. <laughs> How did our buddy Gropa? So he he's attended both schools. I assume he was rooting for Wisconsin, though. Yes, his allegiances lie um, very heavily with the Badgers. And how did he deal um, with the fourth quarter total collapse in the fourth quarter? He didn't. He didn't, he didn't take it well. It, it was a harsh, you know. I was with a lot of Badger fan. I was in a sea of red. Um, and, you know, I, as you know, I my allegiances do lie with Notre Dame, but I'm not a passionate Notre Dame fan. Right. So I, I kept it very in check for this crowd. Um, and, but it was tough for them, losing to a Jack Cone-led Notre Dame <laughs> yeah. team. And a kid from New Canaan, New Canaan came in and played and... 
Graham Mertz, the golden boy of the Wisconsin Badgers. A lot of hopes pinned on Mr. Mertz, and he was really bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, it doesn't seem like he's got a ton of talent around him, but also it's it's pretty clear he's not what they hoped he was going to be. Right. Um, so they look pretty bad. Yeah, I mean... well, did they I don't look, think Notre Dame's any good did either. Did they look good in the first three quarters? I didn't really see the game, but were they able no. to... Okay. So it, the fact it was that, a close game, but they weren't... They didn't impress at any point. Right. right. Did you play the drums on Gropa's head while he sat there in sadness? I share this with the audience. So, uh, you know, of course, Brian and I went to high school together as our friend Gropa. He went, Gropa ended up going to Wisconsin. I, of course, went to Ohio State. And it was like, really, I think, I think it was like my second or third weekend there because Ohio State starts pretty late. And so Gropa had already been in school like a month. And so he came down to Columbus for a for the Wisconsin game. And that was Ron Dane's Heisman year. And Ron Dane just racked it up on us. I don't remember how many yards, but they just destroyed us. And, you know, this is actually kind of the first meaningful Ohio state game that I attended. I think, you know, who knows we played the week before, like Miami of Ohio or whatever. And, you know, same thing. Second half game just gets totally out of control. And my good bud Gropa, was dancing and singing <laughs> and playing the drums on my head as I sat there just completely depressed. Uh, and I will never forget it. And, <laughs> and I hope that... The wound is still deep. Right, right. I, I yeah. wish that you had humiliated him yeah. on Saturday. Well, he did... He was not pleased, you know, and, and it was... There was... Uh, Right after a, a you know a rowdy version of Jump Around <laughs> and the Wisconsin faithful you know letting it all hang out and they looked like they were about to go in to take a seven point lead. Instead, they settle for a field goal and then kick return for a touchdown and then Notre Dame just wipes them out from there. Credit where so, credit is due. Look, Wisconsin is a Big Ten rival, but Jump Around is cool. That's a cool tradition. It's awesome. It's amazing. I mean, it's a great song, and it's a super fun tradition. We gotta go to a game there, yeah. um, to see that in person, right? Because it it is it's, it was cool when it was only half the stadium. So it would, I can only imagine what it's like when it's a full. It's got to be incredible. I totally respect it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be brutal. <laughs> it's got to be brutal to do it <laughs> and just get punched in the mouth. Yeah. No. Right. And it it seemed like it was going to be the turning point because you know it was in a neutral field. It wasn't clear if they were going to do jump around. So they it looked like they weren't going to, and all the Wisconsin fans started booing. Yeah. So then you did do oh, it. And it was when, like, oh, when the riff hits, like I don't know what sound it is. Yeah. But the, oh yeah. Like, yeah. It must have oh. gone nuts. They did, and then it was, and they were driving when it happened. So like. <laughs> came out and they're in the red zone it was like oh that's gonna be the thing that turns this whole thing around and yeah completely the other way from there yeah that's the problem with things like it can be used against you i remember i don't know it was one of the terrell prior seasons at ohio state but i remember it was like a huge game against them they had a really good team that year we had a really good team that year big game prime time they're jumping around and the camera cuts to Terrell Pryor and and I think like the just the Buckeye offense and they were all jumping. Right. And it is like if you're a Wisconsin fan, you're just like, no, stop jumping. Don't let them jump. Don't yeah. tell them they have to stop jumping. But it's infectious. Yeah. What well, I hear that song. I go crazy. Of course, who doesn't? <laughs> so speaking of going crazy, an Ohio State linebacker went crazy this weekend. Did you see did you read about that? 
I did. He like quit, yeah, quit in the middle of the game. Right? In the second <laughs> quarter of the Akron game, he just quit. <laughs> yeah. You know that I don't I mean I don't know enough about the circumstance, but it seems kind of like a sad situation like and they just like they did remove him from the team. Like doesn't that seem like this is a young man? I don't know if he's a good player or what. No. Like is there no part of the coach that wants to go and like salvage that situation? I'm sure. And I don't blame the kid. I don't know enough about it either. I've read about it, obviously. There's not a ton of information there about it. I mean, you know, look, if you're just sort of glance from a glance, it's like, you know, he's a senior, he's a linebacker. He was highly recruited, obviously, and he just hasn't caught on at Ohio State. And I think he hit a frustration point. I don't really blame him at all. I do think that, you know, stuff like this does happen occasionally and has happened at Ohio State before. For whatever reason, it really does alarm me in this instance because I really think that Ohio State has to be very careful. Uh, otherwise, they could lose their standing in the world. And it, you know, I think we've seen it with a lot of programs over the last 20 years. When that fall comes, it comes quick and you fall far sometimes. And I'm just worried that, I don't know, I just think that. A lot of fans and even just general college football analysts just rubber stamped Ryan Day into successful. And, you know, he kind of got to get some head coaching experience in while Urban Meyer was still around when he was serving a suspension for the whole Zach Smith drama where, you know, he covered up that one of his assistants was doing a lot of shady stuff. And so then Ryan Day got to kind of step in with training wheels on and he, you know, I do think he's a good offensive play caller. I think uh, a lot of people have a lot of positive things to say about him. He's from the Chip Kelly tree and uh, he's coached in the NFL before as an assistant and, and all that. And, and all that's great. But Urban Meyer, for wh- whatever failures he's experiencing right now, absolutely had a proven track record as an intense recruiter and you know just a legendary college coach. And I think it's naive to think that, oh, yeah, well, why don't we just plug in Ryan Day and the machine is up and running so strong. I mean, you know, look, Larry Coker won a championship with Miami off of fumes from that program. Like sometimes you have a coach who's so good and they leave and you still get a year or two at the top and then you start to fall. And I think that I I hate to be one of these, like, you know, a typical Ohio State fan where it's we're not just dominating start to finish every single game and so it's like oh fire the coach but my I'm more just saying like let's just go back and re-examine Ryan Day a little bit because he was coronated very fast as though we weren't going to miss a beat from Urban Meyer leaving yeah but they haven't right I mean and they've still recruited like crazy like aren't they uh well right but that's the problem they they have continued to recruit like crazy but we're clearly not as good this year I think you know, it's how are we developing these guys? He made Kerry Combs the defensive coordinator, which he'd never been a coordinator before, despite having been in Ohio State for a long time. And he, he went with Rabel to uh, Tennessee. But despite all that, he'd never been a coordinator before. And he just really wasn't doing a very good job. Meanwhile, BC is 4-0. I don't know if they won this weekend. They were 4-0 going into this weekend. And that's where, they're, where our former defensive coordinator is now the head coach. And, you know, he was working with Shiano also, who's at Rutgers, doing pretty good as far as Rutgers goes. And I just think that some of the assistants aren't doing as well. And maybe we're not developing guys as well. 
I don't know. I, I know because it sounds crazy, right? Oh, we've only lost to Oregon. And we've beaten every other team we've played. But I'm worried. Just having watched right. them this season. Like, I hope we don't make the playoffs. I think if we make the playoffs, we're going to get throttled. Right. I mean, I guess you'll find out, though. I mean, like, let's say you're, I mean, you still have Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan on the schedule. Like, if you beat all those teams, you'd have to be feeling pretty, a lot, you know, even I think Maryland's a little bit better this year, right? Yeah, well, if we did, Um, if we took care of business like that, then I think we play Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. And they're a real deal team, too, I think. Yeah. So. Like, you have, you're going to get a chance to, like, I, I get you like they haven't been overly impressive in any of the, the non-Oregon games. Um, and who knows, you know, it's like you lose to Oregon at home. Who knows how good they really are, but they do have like a first year quarterback, Ohio state. Um, he got benched. We started a different guy. He didn't get benched. He had a shoulder injury. So we had another, yeah, game. it was more like a rest game. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think he would have played if he was healthy, but yeah. Um, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I don't know. It seems, it feels premature to like worry about Ryan day. Um, and the and the Ohio State program because he has kept up the recruiting classes. Like they're still this year. I mean, I'm I don't know. Last year, I know they were like top five, right? Yeah, but I'm saying, isn't that more worrisome that since they've they've kept up the recruiting classes, they're still getting talent. What are they doing with the talent? Well, I mean, they're three and one. They lost one game. Like. They haven't. <laughs> yeah, but they haven't looked good. Like, they did not look good against Minnesota. We beat Minnesota. We did not look good against Minnesota. Like, here's the right. thing, too. And and look, I get there's an arrogance to this and a spoiledness. Like, I get that people are going to think this is a typical jerk-off Ohio State fan is about to say this. And fine, whatever. <laughs> That's what I am, I guess. Doesn't matter. But my point is more like, yeah, when you're Ohio State and you play Minnesota and you don't dominate, you're going to ask what's wrong. Because in the way college football is structured, ideally we don't have a game like Oregon mattered. But then after that, like we're playing for the postseason. If we don't get into the Big Ten title game, the season's a failure. If we don't make the college playoff, the season's a failure. That's just the air that we live in at the moment. And I just think we're not there. We're not at that level. And but the recruiting hasn't died down. So why are we not at that level? And so that does worry me. Well, you got a first-year quarterback, you know, like maybe you know you're turning over a lot of players every year. Maybe this is like a, a transition year a little bit. Could be. I mean, I, I know what you're saying. Minnesota is 45-31. Like, you know, like <laughs> well, they I, and they they were they lost they were behind a Tulsa. That's like definitely a little bit of a red flag. But it was also um, the thing about the Minnesota game, and it's like one of those final score games. Like the final score is more impressive, but. They were running it down our throats, and then their running back got hurt, and then that's kind of right. when the game turned. But it wasn't even just that they were beating us; it's that they were like really shoving it down our throats. That was unpleasant. Right. I didn't like it, Brian. Yeah, I mean, I would just love. I mean, I don't know. Like, you got a lot of season left. Like, uh, they could be. They, you know, they might be. They there's a lot of potential for them to play better by the end of the year um yeah we're not dead we're not the giants but right but <laughs> they're definitely not, they're the, not giants. the giants but what i am <laughs> saying is i smell something i don't know if okay. it's anything yet you know 
Who knows? Maybe someone just farted well, on I mean, their look way like, out. Like, look at that Like this guy, what? Let's say they they go what ten and two or something. Is that he can't do that? Like then it's like you got to be looking for like a new hire like what what is the standard at ohio state like well, it's not even about the standard of ohio state i don't even want to say that i don't i don't want to entertain that i don't get no, like that neighborhood i'm just saying like realistically you get like one year like this or two and then after that you're michigan you're texas you're usc you're miami you're florida state florida state won a national title in 24 in uh 2013 right yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, but like it happens. Like you know, there's 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 downs, and I don't know. Like right, it happens. We just we can't allow it to <laughs> do right, whatever right. it takes to not do that. That's what I'm saying. Like, fine, one year happens. Two years of it though, it, like again, it gets scary quick if you don't keep yourself up there. Right. I mean, so like Clemson, should they be hitting the panic button? Is the Dabo Swinney era like over? They got to start thinking about, <laughs> or does he get one? No, does he, he get the... he get, Dabo gets one? Yeah, you know, okay. Dabo gets one certainly, and you know, but yeah, that's risky for them too. And I think what what here's what I think that the big risks come mostly for us. And why Texas and Oklahoma are making this move. There's not enough good teams in our conference where if we're just okay, we don't get into that, into like playoffs and the next tier of stuff. You know, like the Pac-12 champ has been left out of the playoffs a few times because the Pac-12 just sucks. So the champion, like no one cares about the champion. You know, if we stop being us and Clemson stops being Clemson, the ACC and the Big Ten don't have the depth to kind of keep us relevant nationally. Because that's the thing, too, is us and Clemson, we recruit outside of our area better than other teams that, you know, like Minnesota is not bringing kids up from Florida. Right. But we are. But it becomes harder to convince a kid from Florida to move to Ohio if you're not awesome. Right. I, I guess I, I hear what you're saying. It's probably it's like you have to be um, more alert that it can go downhill fast. But I don't know. Ryan Day is 26 and three as the Ohio State head coach. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I get it. You don't need to give me With the stats. I classes. <laughs> I mean, geez. All right, he lost to Oregon. <laughs> it happens fast. They, they looked quitting. a little slow. Kids are quitting. One schmuck quit who, like, I never heard of until he quit. <laughs> <laughs> it happens fast, Brian. It just happens fast. Look at Nebraska. Yeah, but Nebraska, it's just, it took a long time. I mean, that, 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 that's been a long time. They had the Solich era for, like, Many years. Um, I'm just saying being a power doesn't mean you get to stay a power. And Ohio State, I agree. I yeah, just you want have to have the right to know. Right. Just understand it. And then make sure you're evaluating. Don't, I'm not saying get rid of Ryan Day now. I'm not saying 
pull the plug on it now. I'm just saying don't wait too long if it needs to be done. Start to properly evaluate it now. Start to properly evaluate. So Ryan Day on the hot seat. No. As far as you can. <laughs> I'm on the hot seat. I'm a lukewarm seat. Glance. Okay. Like on a lukewarm seat. Like it's just like, you know, people have the seat heaters in their car. Right. It's not designed to Turn make you get out. It's designed to warm you. And to make you, right. you know, I want Ryan Day to get warmer. I want him to, you know, warm is, is, is good. It motivates you. So I have to go to the bathroom when I use those those seat warmer things. You know, it motivate. It gets you. It gets things flowing. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. College football, like you know, what's his name? Ogeron is already like. I guess it's like, right. It's already over. The Auburn guy. What's his name? Uh, Gus Malzahn. His run was brief. Yep. Um. They probably waited on him too long, I guess, because he had won a national championship. That's right. And they they, they let um, his seat stay cool. Right, right. I guess I, I just don't think you're really seeing the, the signs. Like, uh, you know, they're still recruiting at a high level. He he does seem to be a really good, like, you know, not just a good play caller, but like. Uh, right. The, the a celebrated play and, caller. Yeah. Like, and I agree you with know, you. I'm not seeing the signs. I'm just telling you I smell right. something. I'm in the room right. and there's a smell and I'm looking around and I don't know what is the cause yet. Because like, let's take like Oklahoma, you know, is a good one. Like Lincoln Riley, you know, that's a really good run there. Like, would you be okay with being Oklahoma, what Oklahoma's been for the last few years? I mean, I think we were Oklahoma, what Oklahoma's been for the last few years before Oklahoma was that. I think that's what we right. that's who we were like 15 years ago, like towards the end of the Trestle era, where you can kind of right. you can dominate your conference, and then when you play outside of it, you just get smacked around. Right. Um, but I would rather be that than Michigan. Right, but I mean that feels like you know you're not even that yet like you're not even down to oklahoma right now right i i don't know it seems a little bit harsh to be giving ryan day like a i mean i don't know i guess you just have to see i mean i hear what you're saying if they go like if they went lose what like four games this year you might be like huh yeah but yeah you know, i wouldn't fire him off it would you no, i wouldn't fire him but, but next year would be then a big then year. right then he is on a hot seat, right next year, because you can't. So it wait takes too long. one middling season hot yes. seat. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a fun way to a fun career. I don't know. No, why does it matter that much? <laughs> why? Because. because what is the weekend for, Brian? I certainly my Sundays aren't any good. Why can't Ohio State go eleven and three? And it's fun. I actually was talking to Grope about it, and he was talking about college football. And like I was saying, Wisconsin seemed like kind of a torturous team to root for because like they're always pretty good, and like they're but you know they're never playing with the big boys. They can't ever really make that leap. It doesn't happen. Like it seems like it's like sort of madness. Like you know you're rooting for this thing that like almost you know can't happen. But he was saying that college is sort of the beauty of it is like 
you know, the, the, you go to a big game, we beat Michigan. It was super fun. Like you get these moments. No, and, um, and I don't think he's wrong about that. I think that's a good way to look at it. When you go to a school like Wisconsin, when you go to a right. school, like it's like, for like, you know, I've been flying coach my entire life. I could talk myself <laughs> into some things that are great. Like they have TVs in coach now and that's nice. And then instead of, driving for you know 24 straight hours to get to florida i'm there in two and a half hours that's great like there's a lot of good things about flying coach but once you've flown first class for like 20 years you can't go sit in coach then but i don't know that it's realistic to be as good as you are suggest like not everybody's gonna there's only one alabama yeah like there's only nick saban i agree it's not you know and urban meyer is probably one of the other guys like there's, but there's only a few of those guys. So you fire Ryan Day, looking for Urban Meyer, you might get, you know, uh, what's his name? Jim uh, Harbaugh. No, I was gonna say the guy before him, Rodriguez. Yeah, Rich Rod. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. No, like, you're, you know, like you are correct, and I get you it. You got to be careful with that, with the way you're thinking, also, because you can. One of the quicker ways to get there is to not appreciate you know what you got and you're right but i would also say that you know not everyone gets to be alabama the truth is not everybody gets to be ohio state like alabama has been where they've been in the entire saban era but ohio state i mean pretty much since jim trestle won a national title in his second year so that's 2002 like we have been nationally relevant this entire time like we lost a couple of really brutal national title games in the aughts. And then, you know, you had that sort of like the later years, sort of the Terrell Pryor years of Jim Tressel's run. We're disappointment, but we were still very much in the mix with the top tier teams in the country. And then we had that one Luke Fickle year, which, by the way, I would do anything to get Luke Fickle back at this point, I think, maybe. But um, and then we got Urban and then. Like once, and then we we reached even higher heights. But we have been, you know, basically a top five team for the last twenty years. Right, but yeah. there's been no drop. Like there's like nothing has happened. Is my point? Like <laughs> literally, like they lost a game <laughs> and like didn't impress against Minnesota. And it's like, all right, Ryan Day. Like you know, he has like nothing has happened that would make you really like start to question this guy i question him <laughs> he's being questioned <laughs> i have further questions your honor further questions. all right well, maybe you know maybe again like maybe the season goes sideways and, and he doesn't you know then you then i get it but no i think i, th- I don't think anything sure. you're saying is wrong i don't you right. know and i'm well aware when i'm 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 crazy sometimes. That's not that's not de- <laughs> that's not debatable either. I'm not trying to push back on that. Right. I'm just saying we got to be careful. I think we, tr- okay. we trust day a little too much, you know. Okay. He's not Urban Meyer. No, and and he shouldn't get treated like he is. That's yeah. That's all. Right. That's all I'm saying. He's not untouchable. He has not worked his way into my heart <laughs> in an untouchable way. Right. Okay. He's no Jim Tressel either. That's all I'm going to say. They're probably right. But I mean, like, if yeah, I mean, I think he's had the program. I don't know. That's an interesting. Yeah. You know, well, it's different eras, too. It's kind of, it's kind of, yeah, hard, yeah, yeah. 
All right, so we've had some choppy instances we've recorded in a lot of different things here. So apologize to anyone who didn't uh, enjoy our technical difficulties, but that's all the time we have for this week. So uh, join us next week. We might, we'll, hopefully we're going to talk about the many saints of Newark next week because God knows we're not going to want to talk about the Giants after they play the Saints. <laughs> hopefully we have something better to talk yeah. about. All right, so long, everybody.